some good friends, friends of mine, talk to them all the time. Some good friends on my show, who are they? Soon you'll know. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Some Good Friends. Uh, today, you know what? If you thought the last episode was real hot in here, today is worse. It is a real barn burner out there. And so I just have to say, you know, global warming, thank you for that. Uh, I still believe in you. That is, is great news. Um, in other news, I fell off my bike today after biking for a, a few long hours. And, and emotionally and physically, I am in a place. So this is going to be a really good time. We're going to talk to a few of my friends Three of my friends. I didn't want to start that off. Uh, that, I, that didn't. I didn't mean that to be negative. It wasn't supposed to start things off on a negative note. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I know all three of these people very well. They are, of course, some good friends of mine, uh, and I'm very excited to talk to each of them individually. So, without any further ado, uh, please welcome to the show my good friend, Dr. Roberta Proctor. Hi there. Dr. Proctor. I mean, sometimes you like it when I call you Dr. Proctor. So what do you... It really depends on the tone. I mean, I've heard every joke in the book, but yeah, for purposes of this podcast, sure, you can call me Dr. Proctor. Okay. And it was, yeah. It's more of a professional setting when you're on yeah. a podcast. I mean, so. all my students do and, uh, you know... Right. You, you teach. I just give them a little talk at the beginning of our first course and, you know... They mm. get it all out of their system, all the jokes, and then we're good. What kind of what kind of jokes do they do? Oh well, there's a lot of like proctologist jokes because they take the doctor and the proc, and mm. it gets kind of gross. I mean, these millennials, I don't know, like I don't know what they're learning in high school, but you know, I gotta set them straight. Obviously, not how to be sensitive to someone with a name. Right? It's a very common name. It's in Arthur Miller's The Crucible. The oh, yeah. Old Goody Proctor. Yeah, exactly. Are you descended from Goody, Goody Proctor? I don't think so because she was uh, hung, as we know, but uh, for being a witch. Of course. Yeah, it's been a while since I read The Crucible. Couldn't remember if she, she had a couple children well before, play. Uh, before the hanging. Yeah. I mean, I don't want people to think I didn't read it because, of course, I have. I'm, I'm an educated man and I took great time. You are. English. Yeah, that's, that's why we're friends. So for the listeners, why don't you uh, tell them a little bit about what, uh, what is your practice and what you, what you teach? So I am a paleontologist. I work mm. at the Caltech Dinosaur Cloning Technology Lab, the CTDCT. Wow. And uh, yeah, I've been working there for several years, working on different dinosaur cloning projects. And so now I don't know that much about dinosaur clo uh, cloning because we, when we hang out, it's more friendly. We don't really talk about yeah. work so much. Yeah. Um, and are you responsible for cloning the whole dinosaur or just kind of like one part of the dinosaur? It's always a whole dinosaur, but okay. uh, we have like different branches of the dinosaur family tree that we each specialize in. So I've um, been doing a lot of like uh, prehistoric insects lately. Interesting. So yeah, they, yeah. They, it's not just dinosaurs. It's also uh, yeah, insects as well. I mean... I mean this, this is something, you know, as you know, I get a little frustrated about this because people are really fixated on the big, like, scaly, giant lizards. But, you know, it's, is it not equally or even more impressive to clone, like, a prehistoric bee or, like, a prehistoric earthworm, you know? Their DNA is just as old. As, it's just as much of a scientific accomplishment. Of course. So basically what happened is you were watching Jurassic Park 
and, oh. and somehow oh, it got like paused. It got paused on the, the the scene with the mosquito, and you were like, "That's me." That's are we gonna stop are we gonna do this for real? You're bringing up you're bringing up that film with me here now. I know that you really dislike that film. Oh my gosh! I just I mean we've been over this, but oh, that's true. Steven Steven Spielberg is a hack. Michael Crichton. It's it's like they didn't care about the science at all. Honestly, like. I mean, Michael Crichton, an author that notoriously does not care about the science. So it, I guess it's yeah. to be expected. Yeah, I was just... Maybe tell, for the, what's your main beef with the, with the movie, with the film? Where do I start, Stefan? I mean, first of all, the so-called velociraptors in the first film, mm. there's no known dinosaur that corresponds to those features. So, you know, I didn't want to get into this, but, you know, maybe... Maybe now that now's the time to really let it all out, you know, for the public yeah. so they can really understand what's going on. I was actually a consultant on the first film, as you know. Of course, yes. I and uh, they really, they really didn't take a lot of my suggestions. I thought mm. I had some really grounded, scientifically based suggestions for how the film should go, and Mr. Spielberg was not receptive. So I pointed oh. out, for example, that his so-called mm -hmm. velociraptors were anatomically impossible and there was no evidence for them in the fossil record. I suggested actually sort of a smaller raptor. Mm. Uh, they're about the size of dogs. Those we do have an abundant fossil record for. And I was like, how about, you know, instead of this giant non-existent raptor that you made up, could we just have packs of these little like Yorkshire Terrier sized? Oh, that size from, of dog. They go like... from Yorkshire Terrier to like German Shepherd. Like, German Shepherd sized dogs, excuse me, raptors jumping around on set. I thought, I thought, you know, kids would be into that. Yeah, and also you could probably use motion capture with actual dogs. That's what I said, you know? An act. Yeah. And instead he went with these ridiculous velociraptors just lunging out of the bushes. Very from an animal be animal behavior perspective, also not super accurate. And I know that you also started a, a a letter writing campaign to Chris Pratt before Jurassic World came out, uh, because he he was even more involved with the Velociraptors. Yes. So that whole thing of training the raptors, honestly, I just think you know. And I, I tried to make this point to Stephen. I wrote a message to Colin Trevorrow, who's the director of Jurassic World. I said, you know, I said. If you want to capture these creatures as they truly lived, you should show the fact that they would be just as scared of humans as humans would be of them. Mm. You know, in a truly accurate Jurassic Park film, the T-Rex the would be running away from the people and not you know, right. gobbling them up at every turn. It just this hyper aggressive view of these animals is uh, disrespectful, I think. I do remember that when you were consulting, you... You suggest you suggested that before the Velociraptor thing, and they actually filmed a version of the Tyrannosaurus Rex sequence where the, the dinosaur was running away. Yes. And yeah, and the ripples in the glass of water just got smaller and smaller. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill were just chasing after it on foot, and it was really mm. hightailing it out of there. Um, what I was told afterwards why they cut that scene is because they said the special effects weren't, you know, quite up to the task of depicting this rapidly fleeing, terrified mm. super predator. Um, they didn't animate the dinosaur from the back. They only did the front. Yeah. Like, we they, only need the front. Apparently the budget was really exclusively based on the face region. Mm. So they didn't have a lot of good tail. That's what I was told. 
Um, but, you know, it made millions and millions of dollars, so... But, you know, if, if Zack Snyder can get the Snyder cut of Justice League released, I think maybe one day we'll see the Proctor cut of Jurassic Park. That's that's all I'm asking, you know? I think people deserve to see these animals as they truly lived. So in the case of a Velociraptor, that is not. They did not live. And in the case of a T-Rex, you know, it's a cautious predator who would not just go eating strange prey willy-nilly as depicted in this highly inaccurate film. Yeah, more of a little little scaredy pants. Yes. I mean, you know, if I'm walking through the woods and I'm waving my arms and singing a song, everyone knows that's going to, like, scare the bears away. So I just think, you know, based on what we know about large predator behavior, that's how the T-Rex would have behaved. Yeah. I mean, I've I, you've given me that advice before, and every time mm-hmm. I go camping, I... I sing um, like Feist or Sufjan Stevens songs, and it actually <laughs> yeah. seems to draw the bears towards me because they're they're like, what is that mellow? They're, vibe? they're too soothing, I think. Yeah, we, we've talked. You had that near miss actually last year. Yeah, the bear came over, and the bear somehow the bear had gotten like a guitar around its neck, and I I'm obviously there's barriers in communication, but I was getting the feeling that it wanted to jam. I, I've not seen anything in the literature to support this story, but it's it's very extraordinary. Well, I mean, what happens to me in the woods stays in the woods, except what uh, occurs on this podcast. So maybe back uh, back to the insects. What kind of insects are you uh, cloning currently? Well, we've we've done kind of all kinds. We've done uh, prehistoric snails, uh, prehistoric. Mm-hmm. Uh, so snails were considered insects in prehistoric times we have kind of an expanded definition like i know i'm talking to a lay person i mean you know know i am no expert you know about animal like phyla and genera but you know not not all the listeners do um we did we had an interesting case uh earlier this year we did manage to recreate a prehistoric uh hornet oh interesting yeah it's it's known for being quite large and quite aggressive and I'll just say the program was a success. And what and what was the what was like the code name for the program or the the name of the Hornet? Operation Murder Hornet. I, yeah, and I remember yeah. you you when we met for drinks last, uh, yeah. you came into the bar and you were you were kind of panicking a little bit. I was. Some things did not go as planned with this program. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we got it under control, but let's say it was a runaway success, quite literally. I mean, there were whisperings in the news that murder hornets were coming to take over North America. There was a there was a small breakout from the lab, followed by a large catastrophic breakout. Um, okay. But you may have heard, or in fact, you may have heard not heard anything about the murder hornets lately so uh we believe they've either been wiped out by some form of like modern disease because as you recall these are cretaceous hornets or uh uh, or they're just laying low so we're monitoring the situation yeah i mean there's a lot going on in the world right now and, and maybe they're just waiting for their moment yeah but honestly as i as i explained to you i i mm-hmm. had quite a few drinks that night we were talking about it but i right. do remember emphasizing this point repeatedly uh from a scientific perspective it was a huge success yeah well every scientist wants to know what their uh work would look like in the in the natural world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this was, was a 
a big opportunity for you. It was quite inspiring, actually, to see, uh, I mean, okay, stepping over the bodies of the dead guards was very troublesome for me. But as I looked down and saw the cloud of hornets buzzing away into the California skyline, honestly, I shed a tear, um, not just for that poor man's family, but also for scientists and scientific endeavors everywhere so it wasn't it wasn't like someone accidentally brought one out of the building or a couple they they made a conceited effort to escape we have no concrete proof that the effort was pre-planned okay but and that is all i'm legally authorized to say Oh, okay. I just remember at the end of the night, you were talking about someone uh, coming into the science lab with a, a cake that they had baked for the hornets, uh, and there was a file maybe in the cake, uh, and, and maybe one thing led to another. The One intern was like very close, sympathetic with the hornets. She mm. tried to convince us that they could understand human speech, that they had, you know, human emotions, that they had some kind of like group mind that they were able to express by forming words, uh, right. you know, with their bodies. Um, I never saw any evidence of it personally. I think it was just a, uh, an unfortunate failure of the lab security apparatus. But mm. you know, um, there's a lot of crazy theories out there. And I mean, people believe them because they believe nonsense like believe Jurassic anything. Park. So I mean, that's that's what happens when you when you have interns. And that's and that's why we don't pay them. Exactly. You, <laughs> you know, a global a global breakout of murder hornets. That's that's what happens when you take on summer interns. That's they're, what I've always said. They're 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 millennials. What can you do? What can you do? Well, uh, Dr. Proctor, thanks uh, thanks for coming on the show. I hope you'll, you. be, you'll be able to stick around. Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm gonna, and I hope uh, obviously uh, I hope good luck with the murder hornet. Well, as I mentioned, uh, you know they've gone off the radar, so we're just kind of. Hoping they'll stay there. Yeah, or come back and, and help science somehow. I feel like that's highly unlikely. Oh, oh good. So hopefully no more uh, death will be caused by the murder hornets. That's, uh, that's great. I'm sure if there's ever another large insect uh, sparking paranoia in North America, we'll, uh, we'll get you back on and find out what went wrong at the lab for that. I think the snails are under control. So. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, because uh, I mean, murder hornets are one thing, but a giant snail, those are pretty gross. Yeah, the, the venom spitting snails, they are fully under control. Don't worry about it. Uh, anything you might have heard, it's just rumors. That makes me feel much better about the whole thing. Uh, thank you again. Uh, let's let's introduce another one of my good friends. Um, she Maybe she's also related to Goody Proctor, uh, maybe familially or just by career. But uh, she's a good friend of mine. Please, uh, everyone, welcome to the show, Anne the Witch. Welcome, Anne. Huh. Anne, are you there? Hi. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I know, I know that you don't have the traditional internet, uh, and you use uh, some kind of off-brand witch internet. Yeah, I just, I, I don't believe in technology. Honestly, it was, it was quite a big deal getting in here for this but you know i like you stefan oh, so you. i i made it work but i just i don't do technology this is all just it doesn't make any sense to me i don't understand why people feel they need the internet when there's witchcraft out there you can just hire a witch yeah and that's something that you are a big proponent of is is bringing witches into the economy 
yeah, I just, they're so overlooked, you know, people just, I don't know at what point people stopped believing in them, you know, at, at one point in time, they're being murdered and then just suddenly we forget about them and, you know, we're still here. We're still this is, here. This is true. Now I, I introduced you by asking or by stating that maybe you were related to Goody Proctor. Are you in fact related to Goody Proctor? Well, we're not related, but I have ordered some venomous snails from her because there, there are a couple of my spells that call for them. So we, we are partners. Not Dr. Proctor, Goody Proctor. <laughs> from the Crucible? Did you do grade 10 English? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. That's okay. All, all witches are related. Sorry, I missed that. I missed that. That went right over my head, just like a broomstick. <laughs> but uh, we are related because all witches are related. We're, it's a sisterhood. And, and then you also order venomous snails from Dr. Proctor. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she's been a great client. Actually, the the occult community have been really interesting partners and clients of the paleontology community. It's a little known fact. Oh yeah, you're a paleontologist, someone who studies the bones. <laughs> yes. Yes. Forgot about that. Uh, how silly of me. Um, and and do the do the witches help with the science, Doctor Proctor, or is it more they just order the the raw materials for their for their spells? They just order a lot of raw materials, like mm. eye of newt, you know, the hair of the frog. Those are you know old news. What they really want is like fossilized Triceratops genitalia. They want uh, the biggest you know T Rex vertebra you can find. So you know where else to get those but the paleontologist. I'm actually I'm actually running really low on genitalia. If you could if you could send me another eight by twelve box of that, that'd be great. Um, as you know, it's very rare to find preserved genitalia because it's soft tissue. But I'll do my best. I I think I have a lead. Okay, well I've got time. There's a whole a whole hidden economy that uh, that we don't know about. I guess as uh, as muggles. Um, is that okay to say? Or is that is that too, is, how do you feel about Harry Potter? Well, Harry Potter, ugh, where do I start? I just, ugh. honestly, I watched, I watched all seven movies. No books? No books for you? No books. I don't read. I hate words. <laughs> <laughs> there, I find them really, I find them really threatening, just. <laughs> all the curves, all the all the sharp edges. I just the T, the, the W. I just I can't. Oh, Z. Don't get me started. So I'm assuming, Anne, the witch, that you you perform spells. I I do, um, but it's honestly it's it's not the kind of spells that people think witches do. It's not all cauldrons and you know dressing up in capes and lighting black candles and. It's not what you imagine. Honestly, a lot of it is just just holding a thought in your mind and making it happen. Um, I do a lot okay. of work with colors, um, precious stones. It's really, it's it's a mindset. It's um, I do some spells when necessary. I'll put it that way. Now, when you say colors and stones, what does, what does that mean? So I'll wake up and, you know, a color, a color will pop in my mind. Maybe first thing in the morning, just yellow will just pop in my mind and I know that's significant because yellow is one of the seven colors in the rainbow and my favorite color personally so I will 
I'll get on the metro and I'll just I'll hold the color yellow in my mind and just suddenly I'll start seeing it appear. You know, wow. I'll see a pair of yellow rain boots <laughs> and then later on I'll go into a grocery store and I'll see bananas. Wow. And and then later at home on the TV I'll turn on the TV and boom a yellow umbrella. And like I made that happen. Yeah, you're manifesting this, yeah, this yeah, yellow in the world. Yeah, I I made it happen. That's witchcraft. And there's nothing. Well, a couple things. Uh, one, uh, you take the metro. Well, yes. I mean, I got to be economical. Economical. I hate words. I hate. I, hate I get it. I get. I get what is happening. But you want to be economical, yes. Economical. We don't all just go around riding vacuum cleaners and brooms. Vacuum cleaners. Is that a? Is that like the modern version of a broom? Haven't you seen Hocus Pocus? <laughs> I have not. I have not. It's not something I've. I've seen all eight Harry Potter movies and Jurassic Park, and that's about it. Well, a vacuum cleaner works in a pinch. Just, just so you know, just FYI. But it's very wasteful. Yeah, I imagine you would need like a one that doesn't have to be plugged in, so you have to charge the battery all the time. Yeah, you need a really, really long extension cord, like miles, thousands of miles long. So maybe, maybe Anne, you can tell us a little bit more about your activism to get witches employed in the non-witch economy. Like, what kind of programs or, or petitions have you started? I, I'm a lone wolf. I work for myself. I honestly, every other witch can just do what they will. I don't hold anything against them, but I'm more just, you know, as we speak, I'm in a remote island about two thousand miles off the coast of Canada. I don't like people. I'll be honest. Uh, I don't like technology. I don't like people. I don't like words. And it makes it hard to get by in a society that there's just so many Mm. people around all the time. So yeah, I don't, I don't do very much work for witches per se, but I feel like I am helping the community as a whole by practicing my craft and manifesting colors and, and gems. Exactly. Exactly. I do a lot of tea tea reading. Oh, tea reading. Okay, so you no words, but you're good with leaves in the bottom of a cup. Well, so what I do is, you know, on the maybe once per six months when I feel like having somebody over, mm. I'll make them a cup of tea, and then I'll take a candle that's lit and I'll dip, I'll I'll drip the wax from the candle into their tea, and see it makes a shape, and I look at that shape. And I can tell them what's going to happen in the next month of their lives. So, for instance, this woman came over just last week, actually, and I draw, I, I dripped some wax into her tea, and I was able to look at it and tell her that she was eight months pregnant, and I was right. Wow. No, no doubt about it. I'm actually drinking some tea right here, uh, loose leaf, of course. And I have, I'm as I always do when I record a podcast, I'm burning a number of candles. So maybe I could uh, drip some wax into my tea and hold it up to the camera and you can tell me what's going to happen to me in the next month. Okay. Well, I don't usually do it like this, but okay. So here's what you need to do. You need to, you need to really hold the tea and really think intimately about it. I need you to really put every essence every ounce of your soul into okay, that here, tea. Okay, so I'm going to do that now. And then pour the wax in, um, and I'll take I, a look at it. I always work it. better when I think out loud, so I'm holding up the, the cup of tea, and I'm thinking, you were so warm and nice, and I and I loved drinking you. You were 
the jasmine. The jasmine was a beautiful touch. Jasmine is a great uh, addition to a cup of tea, let me just say. Did you hear what Dr. Proctor said, T? Uh, she's on your side. We both love the jasmine. I love uh, the jasmine. I love, you know what? I think I think I got some ginger in there. Um, and uh, just, you were the highlight of my day, cup of tea. And now I'll uh, I pour the candle wax in and I will hold it up and to the camera. Yeah, very slowly, slowly. Oh, sorry. Okay, here you go. Don't drip it. Okay. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-oh. Are... Is everything... Is everything okay, Stefan? Are you... Are you holding something back from us? I... I just... What is it? Honestly... Well, when's the last time you got your eyes checked? Uh, It's been... It's been a little while. Why? What's wrong with my eyes? Well, nothing. You're just going to have to go in for a checkup within a couple months. Oh, okay. No, that was, yeah, <laughs> that actually, that? That I have been thinking about going to the eye doctor <laughs> very soon. So that is a, that's very uh, prescient, prescient, precious. What's that word? Regular checkups are very important. I tell my students that uh, take care of your eyes and your health will take care of itself. And obviously you wouldn't mention nothing about taking care of their butt because that would just lead to more jokes. Even though um, even though those checkups are also important. Yeah, it's important uh, once a man reaches a certain age to have a regular exam. Uh, most of my students I might have mentioned are like millennials, Gen Z, so they're not mm. quite there yet. But they'll get there. Boy, won't that be a surprise. At least you have a large pool of individuals to hire interns from. Uh, yes, we are reviewing the intern program after the little snafu that I mentioned. That sounds very wise. Oh, and by the way, um, if you do want those venomous snails shipped alive to your remote island, it is going to be quite a hefty shipping fee. Is that all right? Ugh, I, I suppose I can I can probably manifest up some money. Okay. Um, I'll figure it out. Your last check arrived quite late by... Uh, flying bird and i don't know if that's fully secure as a means of payment so i don't know if you have like paypal out there or just a suggestion you need to be hector hector is having a hard time he just had a leg operation and so he's flying a little bit slower and it's just you're just gonna have to be patient i'm sorry i'm sorry he was late but he's all i have out here i'm i'm not I wasn't mad about the timing. It's just that bird looked very sick. You sent it flying for 2,000 miles over the ocean. It just seemed like that bird shouldn't be flying 2,000 feet from your house. I mean, (laughs) I'm an animal lover, and I I love all animals, prehistoric and historic. And uh, I just, I hate to see the bird suffer carrying my, my certified check. Well, you know, it's, it's like they always say, there's, there's no Amazon prime for venomous snails. I think I think we can all agree on that. Uh, and and thank oh, you, were. thank you for being on the show. I hope you'll be able to stick around, uh, and I I hope you'll be able to stay on the internet just for a few minutes longer. Even though I know it's terrible for you. I yeah, I can yeah. I'll I have nothing else to do for the next twenty minutes. I guess I'll stay. Oh, what happens after the twenty minutes? I have a really rigorous. Rig- rigorous session with my toenails it takes me at least three hours to trim them so well you do have foreboding toenails they oftentimes i've seen them break through the toes of your shoes oh yeah i have to replace them daily almost but it's a good thing i can just conjure up shoes whenever i want well i don't i don't want to keep you from your toes so with the uh with that in mind i'm going to introduce my next friend coming to the show 
thank you for talking with us, Anne. Uh, and I'm going to introduce my my good friend, Mara. Please welcome Mara to the show. Oh, Stefan, how's it going? It's been a long time. It has been a long time. What, I, I have three months, four months, two years? It's hard <laughs> to remember. <laughs> I think it was at least five years ago that I talked to you. Oh my God, it's true. And uh, remind me what the circumstances were. Well, you see, I was trying to rent a place right next to your place. And then what happened? For the audience who's wondering, Mara is, of course, a landlord. Well, of course I'm a landlord. I think I was trying to rent that apartment next to your place. Mm Mm-hmm. But the people there were really messy, right? They had their backyard was full of stuff and just, I think maybe hoarders. So I was trying to, yeah, I think that's when I last saw you because I haven't been around the city much recently. Yeah, I mean, last time I saw you, you were were evicting them. Yeah, well, absolutely. They were hoarders. Yeah, and it was shocking to watch. (sighs) Well, they would just latch on to anything they could in the space and then hold on to it. I was like, you need to leave, guys. You got to get out of here. And they were like, no, I'm hugging my mattress. You can't take the mattress out with me attached to it. Yeah, I, I did notice. I mean, I, I walked out. I was uh, You did it right <laughs> in the morning. So I was leaving for work. And I looked over at the doorway next to, next to mine. And I see you. And in your hand, you have two ankles. And you're just dragging this this poor man out of his apartment. And then... And then the mattress came out right after. It was the most upsetting day I think I've had in my history of being a landlord. Oh, well, yeah, it must have been scarring I'm for so you. Sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to see it also, Stefan. That's a, that's a lot for a young boy like you. Yeah, well, five years ago, what was I? I don't know, 25, something like that. So oh, I thought just... you were closer to 13 or something like that. Uh, not, no, <laughs> I, I have a young face. That must be it. That must be 25, really? You thought I was 30? Thir- I uh, can set you up with my daughter. No, not quite single right now, but um, you rented me apartment even... You rented me an apartment even though you thought that I looked 13? Well, you were with that uh, with that older friend of yours, right? Yeah. He must was, have been older than 18. Uh, yeah, I was with Jason. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he he had a really young face too. And I don't know. I just I think I just liked the two of you. I didn't... Uh, I wasn't too worried. I was like, ah, they look like straight boys. They they got that money coming in, straight edge, you know, no alcohol, no no drugs. Right. Well, I mean, all of that money was Jason through his inheritance. But uh, as soon as he oh, moved out, so I it's to, old money, huh? Yeah, he came from old money. And uh, me, very new money, most of which has not been made yet. So oh, okay, are, are you all right? Are you coming on hard times? I'm good. You know, that's what I always liked about you, Mara, is that you really cared. I'm here for you, man. It's yeah. been a long time. I'm so happy we can reconnect like this. I know. Well, what are you what are you up to? You don't get to the island much these days. So what are you you landlording somewhere else? I mean, I still got property in Montreal. Don't get me wrong. Of course. Uh, I just don't want to be in the city right now. You know, it's kind of dangerous. Mm. Uh, sickness and whatever. So I I'm paying attention to. Uh, my other property. Which are out, outside of Montreal. Yeah. And yeah. have you had to, I mean, obviously a lot of people right now in the in the current uncertain times are having trouble paying their rents. Are you having to evict people by their ankles again? Or You know, I ha- nothing as traumatizing as that one time. Mm. But uh, I have had to have a couple uh, no bullshit conversations with some people. Mm. Luckily, everybody's paying their rent, though. I remember those no bullshit conversations. They were they were intense. Yeah, you remember? Well, I mean, there uh, five years ago. What was that? Yeah, five years ago, I had just broken up with someone, and mm-hmm. you you came over because you said you sensed I was hurting. 
and and you just sat me oh, down on the yeah you just sat me down on the balcony and and you talked to me until like three a.m. That was a good time. I had a whole out different outlook on life after that. It was, you know, I think that conversation changed me too. You know, I think I uh, I I couldn't bring myself to drag anybody out by their ankles again. You know, it was like oh everybody's up everybody's got something going on yeah although i, I talked to the people you <laughs> evicted by dragging them out by the ankle and, and you never apologized to them they were messy i yeah no. i'm not gonna apologize they, they got on my last nerve all right, I, right. I'm, not, I'm not gonna apologize well that's what you always used to say you always used to say i have two or three nerves and after that i'm out of nerves you're right you're right you remember that Good for hey, you. Good for you. You taught me a lot about how I view life and relationships and, and how to clean my bathroom properly. Um, you were actually there quite a bit. You think it was too much? I mean, I really appreciated all the, the meals that you cooked uh, for us. And uh, I really I like liked... to make lasagna. Yeah, you did. I mean, you did a lot of like non-landlord things. You know what? I think I saw you as kind of a, a son to me. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, maybe realize. I never told you this. No, never. Well, I didn't realize how much I missed you until we started talking just now. Yeah. Well, you that know? I mean, that explains why you would show up at our place every morning and, and kind of knock on my door and say, wakey, wakey, time to go to worky, <laughs> little Steffi. Uh, and that's probably why, because you woke me up and then immediately evicted those those people living next door. Uh, so that's probably how I actually witnessed witness them getting evicted i mean maybe it was the motherly instincts kicking in you know i wanted to protect you i wanted to protect you from those messy messy people were they millennials i feel like millennials just have no sense of responsibility with private property honestly you know they might have been they were i don't know if you were 13 at the time they were probably uh 25 they were probably uh 16 or something <laughs> 60 so you rented an apartment to them even though they looked 16 <laughs> Let me, can I ask you something? How many apartments do you have currently or in the past that you have rented to people who you thought were teenagers? <laughs> you know, I don't know that I can answer that question quite honestly, just because I'm not entirely sure that I know who's a teenager. So I know you always made it a point to kind of uh, live, like you have two apartments right now uh, and the people, the apartment under you, you own and you rent that, yeah. right? Yeah. So how old do you think the people who live in that apartment are? Uh, I think it's like uh, 14. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what kind of stuff are they into? What do you see them doing? You know, I don't. They got like a ping pong table. Yeah. For sure. I know that. I know that game. Of uh, course. I don't see them a whole lot, though. Looks hmm. like they, uh, they got those uh, scooters. Okay. The... Uh, you know the ones they I thought they were taken out of the city. Uh, oh, but, they have the uh, lime the lime scooters. Yeah, those fucking things. <laughs> oh well, you you hated those. I remember. Uh, obviously, that was shorter than five years ago. But I remember you sent out an email blast about how much you hated the lime scooters. Yeah, I don't. They're very economical, though. Wait, as a witch who hates technology and words, you you approve of the Lime scooters? I love a good scooter. I mean, I love a good scoot <laughs> to get anywhere. It takes 10 minutes. It's a blast. It costs a lot, but it's fucking fun. Can I can I say something, Anne? And I, and I don't want you to be offended by this, but it does kind of seem that you're just afraid to use your broomstick or vacuum. No, that's not it at all. I No, that's honestly, you know, 
Sure, I got them on Amazon and they're a little tricky. They're a little, they have a manual to come with them. And, you know, I don't necessarily like reading the manuals, but no, Lime scooters are a blast. Okay, because I can see in, in the little webcam window, I can see that you have your, your vacuum kind of locked up in the corner of the room uh, with a big red X spray painted over it. It's being punished for being a bad vacuum. Oh, okay. It's been sent to the corner to be to be punished. Okay, well, that you know what? You're probably not afraid of it. That's probably just something a witch has to do to, to their vacuum. Carry on. Just carry on. Nothing nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Well, Mara, how's, well, how are you? I know you you were married last time I uh, when, we, when you rented an apartment to me. So how's, uh, was it Randy? It was Randy. You're right. How's Randy yeah, doing? We're still married. Still married. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, going strong. We uh, we just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. Oh, that's good. Because he would he would come over too, uh, and he would offer to like uh, throw a pitch with me in the front yard, or <laughs> oh, he would try and teach man, me how he... to. Like he'd come over and I'd be arriving on my Bixie, and he'd offer to teach me how to ride a bicycle. Such a kind cat, right? <laughs> that's a no. good guy. Such a good guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I really. Um, I liked how he would sit me down. He actually gave me the talk. No, no way. He did. You were you were out doing something with Jason in the main room of the apartment, and Randy he, he, <laughs> Randy what? gave a little soft knock on the door, and he's like, "Hey, champ, hey, champ, how you doing?" And I was like, "It's I'm good, Randy. I'm good." And he came in, and he's like, "You know what? Me, me and Mara, we love each other very much, and sometimes we express that we express that love to each other." He's right. We do. He's right. And you know that that talk kind of changed my life too. He he taught me a lot of what what I know. You're telling me that me and my husband, me and my husband have changed your life. And you know, after each of those talks, I I called up my parents, and I told them <laughs> I, my life has been changed by these two acquaintances of mine that are <laughs> people that show up in my apartment, and and they were they were so happy that I had found good friends in Montreal. Nothing more than a simple landlord. Nothing. A landlord. Well, that's what it says on your, your business life. card. It could be miracle worker, though. Am I right? Sure. I mean, you could put that on your business card, too. This feels powerful, Stefan. This feels... I'm so happy to hear this. We go, we go way back. We have a, we have a, deep, a deep friendship, uh, tarnished only by one tiny little moment when I saw you rip a man from his only dwelling... Uh, in the middle of February at 8 a.m. Um, and just leave him crumpled in the street hugging that mattress. We don't need to rehash this stuff. You're right. I have a very vivid memory. Thank you very you're, much. You're right. That's that's very true. Um, and the witch, your, your cabin 2,000 miles away. Is that a rental? No, I, I own it. I built it out of sticks I found in the woods. Oh, so it's it's real drafty? <laughs> are you a little big you want to you want a nice <laughs> rental space in montreal i got something for you <laughs> i'm fine just where i am my armpits like a good breeze i uh, hope there's no wolves around the the shipping costs would be cheaper i'm just saying if you were to move to a major metropolitan area in north america just saying and probably fewer of the snails would would expire in transit i'm just saying because you 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 wrote a yelp review saying that Half of the snails arrived, squashed and or dead, and uh, my ratings really took a hit when you 
It's just venom leaking out of the box. Yeah, all of my apartments get really great mail reception, you know? You can just move on in. Well, with when it comes to snail mail, you know, you expect the snails to show up whole. You know, you just, you expect a certain quality. You know, I'm, I'm sorry for that rating. I'm sorry I had to do that. But it's going to make sure that everybody after me gets the kind of snail mail that they deserve. I'm just saying I, I packed them in the refrigerated container. I included the prehistoric snail food, which is not cheap, as I explained to you. And I, it's just, you know, these these packages are not designed to traverse such distances. If you could maybe just move a little further onto the grid, uh, maybe your packages would arrive intact. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'll consider it. I, I will consider it. You make a good point. Thank you. Well, Thank and, you. and when you do consider it, please give Mara a call. I can give you her number uh, after the podcast. And, uh, and maybe, maybe she can set you up with something nice here on the island of Montreal. I got you. I got you. What are you, 18? <laughs> right. That's kind of the upper limit of, of what Mara will rent to. Give, add a few centuries, but yeah, sure, 18. 180,000. How many, how many centuries is it? Is it between... Tw- is it between 12 and 20 centuries? It, yeah, sure. Ballpark figure. Yeah, it's in there. Oh, okay. So it's, <laughs> a, it's a teenage number of se- uh, centuries, at least. <laughs> yeah, well, as long as, as long as it's got some drafts, I'll be happy. Well, thank all three of you so much uh, for being on the show. It was so great to talk to you all again. Mara. It's been a pleasure. Mara will have to set something up. Dr. Proctor. Absolutely. Good luck with the murder hornets and and Anne. I hope your I hope your big move goes well. Anne seems her internet seems to have uh, given out her her magical internet. I wonder if it was yellow. Uh, but that's uh, that's all. Oh, okay. I'm oh, back. I'm back. You're back. Well, I was just expressing my thanks and uh, and wishing you luck on your big move to a a, a great five and a half, maybe in Myland, maybe in Hochelaga. Uh, somewhere somewhere in Montreal. Well, it's worth it for the snails. Uh, we do it all for the snails. Uh, thank you all for being here. That's it for this part of the show. Uh, and we'll be back in a, in a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly, I've all the music for this podcast is stolen <laughs> from, from Super Mario. <laughs> yeah, Try, don't sing. I, I, welcome back to the show, everyone. We're doing our little recap. Hopefully, I won't get sued by <laughs> Nintendo for the, for the little clips of Super Mario music we're hearing right now. Um, but that was great. That that fucking snail mail joke. Okay, it's a pun. It's a rhyme. It, it just it it's a concept. That's like a trifecta. Of I hate words, joke. but I love a good rhyme. I love that. And that landlord character was—I mean, every landlord I've ever had in Montreal. That's exactly exactly what they were. Yeah, really caring, really responsive to my texts or my emails or my phone calls or your whimpers. The mother, my whimpers in the night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, have you have any of you ever had like a, a nice land or not an, or like one who seemed that they cared? I've been pretty lucky with landlords, I think, in Montreal. My landlady who always asks about my mom, who she's met once six years ago when my mom helped move me in. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she's like, 
Hey, how's your mom? That's really like clearly I've been renting the wrong places. <laughs> Come live in Cote Yes. Every time I text my landlord, I feel like I need to remind him like who I am and what apartment I live in. <laughs> And which building, too? I'm like, hey, it's Stefan. I live at this address uh, in apartment. We spoke four months ago about the crack in the ceiling. Uh, just checking in. <laughs> Your voice gets really high. But, like, does he actually... So, I feel like you probably just start every message like that regardless of whether he says, who is this again? Like, I bet you just start every message like that. Oh, yeah, like, no, I don't. I don't give him a chance to, like... Who the fuck is this? Try and figure out who I am. I'm just like, here's who I am. Here's where I am. Here's my problem. Come <laughs> fix it, please. Wait, that's not how you start all of your text messages? <laughs> yes, maybe I should. <laughs> hey, Claire. It's Stefan. Uh, this is my address. Uh, we hung out a couple weeks ago in the park, and <laughs> this is my message. <laughs> These are my coordinates. It, it's just good <laughs> etiquette, I think. Uh, to give your full address when you leave a message that's to someone. True. I guess that's the we've lost the formality in the transition from paper. Maybe they want to send you some snail mail. Did you ever think about that? Well, it's a good thing you live in the city. It's easier to receive. Yeah, well, that, uh, <laughs> that murder hornet's turn as well. I did. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I was. I really love that. Really great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I'm sorry I spent so, so much, much time talking about the Jurassic Park stuff. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, I can't resist a movie. It's all part of the story arc, really, of my character, I think. True. Well, I know it's uh, uncertain times and things are not really happening, but uh, let's go around the uh, the Google Meet window. <laughs> and uh, d uh, Starting with you, Claire, do you have anything to plug or... <laughs> mention things something you can check out it's tradition on a podcast oh. to do plugs at the end, no matter what so if you have uh, nothing that is okay nope i don't got anything i bet hey maybe all right there was a show that was supposed to happen at mit montreal and Prague. <laughs> it's supposed to happen on march march 12th march 12th at 7 30 p.m uh that was the day that covid struck everything and the show was canceled. And uh, one of our good friends, perhaps everybody knows, depending on who's listening, Dale Bernier uh, reminded me yesterday that it could have been MIT's last show oh, in gosh. tandem with being my first show. Oh. That would have been too much. Anyway, wow. hoping the show will come back. We'll keep everybody posted, but yeah. uh, that's my plug. I mean, the, the listeners should know that we did make a pact that if any of us ever started an improv theater, the, the shake-up March 12th, 2020 will be the first show to, to go. Dave, that's the title of the show, uh, March 12th. Uh, Erica, any, anything you would like to plug? Uh, I think I'll just second Claire's plug for the shake-up, the future past shake-up. For the, the, sh the show that almost killed Montreal Improv, but was not given the chance. Oh, that seems very harsh. I miss that place a lot. Um, Lauren, anything to uh, to talk about? Ah, sure. Yeah, I'll plug my my blog. If anybody likes reading sure. really oversharey, sweary things, um, it's derollercoaster.com. So if you, you just look up my last name on the the info thing, so it's just Deroller Coaster, like a roller coaster. I'm gonna say this five more times: derollercoaster.com. <laughs> and what is um, what is that? A roller coaster? It is a coaster that rolls, uh, roll or 
uh, coaster. So also, so that's my like kind of not serious thing. And then I have my actual website, laurenderoller.com, that would have basically videos of me doing violin-related things, uh, more serious, things of a serious nature, things that I could maybe submit to people and they won't question my sanity. So once I start, um, you know, producing all of my music videos, and I'm going to produce so many, so many are going to happen. Um, those will all go on that, that website, laurenderoller.com. Wow, that's, you know, it's nice to have an actual plug for something that exists. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> something that, that will happen in the future or is happening now and is not a... Uh, something that's real yeah. that will happen. Oh, that came out real harsh. I apologize. I was supposed to be on that show and I was, I was looking so forward to that show. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Claire, Erica, and Lauren for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for playing those wonderful characters. Thanks, Stefan. Um, oh, you're Thank welcome. You. And that's the uh, that's some good friends. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Those were friends, good friends of mine. I talked to them for podcast time. Those were friends.